Hello everybody and welcome to Throllers. I'm joined once again with Chris Ronalds. How you doing, Chris? Uh, very well. It must be a Wednesday. Here we are again. Uh, whiskey in hand, podcast away. Oh, I am definitely short the whiskey. That's uh, good prep by you. Thank you, thank you. I might not be prepared for the podcast, but I've got a drink ready. <laughs> Beautiful. I like that. <laughs> I just had to kick my dog out of my bedroom so that it was quiet in here. <laughs> that was That was my prep. Um, so we had, we'll dive straight into the social day. We've got a bit on the calendar today. So, uh, we had a social day in Werribee on the weekend, which I didn't make it to, but, uh, yourself did. I did. 19 others. Yes. I had a, yeah, cheeky, cheeky last minute sign up. Um, you know, obviously with um, fatherhood, I just got to, I've got to time my request really, really strategically. Um, and yeah, I think maybe on the Friday night it might have been, I might have been like, oh yeah, what's uh, tomorrow morning looking like, Alan? It might pop out. And I got the leave pass and away I went. Um, Perfect. Yeah, small turnout. It was a beautiful day. Um, for those that haven't played the course, the course, the course is fun. Um, I've, there's only my second time there. Um, very flat, but, um, good variety of holes, um, sidearm, backhand, tight, short, um, some longer ones out there as well, but all very reachable for a noodle arm like myself. And, uh, yeah, small turnout. Like you said, there's only 20 of us total, uh, three of which were absolute brand newbies, um, He's not my spotlight later in the episode, but shout out, quick shout out to Sam Stoyer. He put himself on a card with um, just a bunch of noobs um, and just took them around the course, put himself at the back of the pack so he wouldn't hold anyone up. And uh, yeah, stellar effort by him. Uh, I love that. Good on you, Sam. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I'm sure he would have liked a bit of round. He shot plus one. Um, you definitely want to go under the card, but only six... I'm looking at the results. Only six people managed to go under the cart. Yeah, um, surprising. Like yeah. I, yeah, I've only played it the one time. Um, I don't remember it being super easy, but I definitely don't remember it being super hard either. So, yeah, now, a strange one there. I feel like, yeah, it's – yeah, and it's not much OB to speak of and there's, there's no real danger out there. Like, um, yeah – I, I'm looking, having a quick look. It looks like only Oscar and I had a clean card, but I feel like that's what it kind of lends itself to is just like a clean card and just get your birdies when you get them. Um, I, I was really happy with my nine under and I ha- got to play on a card with Oscar uh, and Ash Wiener, no, none other than Ash Wiener, uh, which was an absolute obvious fire card. And Oscar <laughs> was just playing fire golf. Um, just couldn't catch him. We, um, we started on hole four. Uh, we both got the birdie. Um, and then I got hole five, um, which was nice. But then he got it back on me and then and that was it. We were birdie for birdie and then he got a couple ahead and I just couldn't get it back. He was just birdieing everything. Yeah, well, you and Oscar just got all of the birdies for everyone, I guess. <laughs> like, huge gap between your score and then the next one's down. Uh, yeah, just hot, hot rounds for you guys. I don't know what it rated, but it had to be pretty high. And 11 down is, is never bad at any course. So very, very nice done by there, Oscar. Uh, it, yeah, metrics ratings are rated poorly. Like So that 900 was below my rating, like comfortably below my metrics rating, which yeah, okay. it didn't, but didn't feel it. Like 900 felt 
like felt good, especially after my bald hill effort a week earlier. I was like, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. that was hot. <laughs> um, and then I think eleven went nine sixty, but I don't know. It's it's that's, yeah, that's yeah not a bit light on. I think that's unders. That's an it's a nine eighty. Like that's easily the course record there now. Obviously, it's first league day we've had there, but. I really don't see it being knocked off. Like if we can have five more league days, I think that'll that'll hold. Like that was really good golf. Yeah, it's not getting. Yeah, that's not nine sixty words. Yeah, man. yeah. It is funny. The uh, you not lighted yourself, and I'm pretty sure I gave uh, Oscar a cheeky backhand not light uh, <laughs> as well last episode. So uh, the the effect we had a pretty strong effect on the early episodes. Every time we not lighted someone, it was. There was heat coming right after that, and it looks like we're getting back to it. Yeah, I'm sure some people are begging to be not light, not lighted yes. at this stage. I mean, a name exactly. that ju- a name that jumps out at me is uh, Kyle Herbertin. Surely, yeah. surely he's begging to be not lighted. He's just got he's just gone birdie free. Um, exactly. <laughs> I'm, yeah, uh, he's not my not light, but uh, he's, we'll give him an honorary one right now, just because yeah. he's got Queensland champs coming up in a couple uh, of days. There you so, go. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my honorary not like Kyle Herbertson. No birdies. That's rough. Come on, mate. Yeah. Um, I only saw – I didn't. he was the card in front of me, and I saw one of his throws, which I clapped. It was a thrower. We all we all love a thrower. Um, <laughs> he's playing like hole two um, at Heathdale, and he just throws a cut roller at his ankles like John Howard-esque. You know, just throws it straight at his own feet, and it cut rolls off into the woods. Um, it was just horrific, horrific, and I just like clapped from the next tee pad, like, "What the hell was going on there?" Um, I'll give him his dues. He got up and down in his safe par, but um, yeah, I don't know how he's gone birdie free around there. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. They, uh, there was an ADG tournament on as well, not in Victoria though, but we had some Victorians head over there, the Central West Cold Snap. So that's out in Molong. Of course, I really want to get out to play because it looks really interesting. They put a lot of cool videos up, so uh, I can really see there's some cool holes that I think I'd like, but it's just hard to get to. It's just a weird, weird place to try to get to. Um, but not, we had uh, nine-hour drive is what I saw on socials. Yeah, Timmy B with the nine-hour drive, and then the the selfie he took of him like of himself sleeping was that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't I don't know if maybe Terry got involved. Either Terry got involved taking that photo, or he somehow held the phone between his toes. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Jury's out. Jury's out on that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, Timmy did all right. It came. Um, bit but got absolutely smoked by uh big dan frost who's been a bit of a tear actually this uh this year so uh nice form by dan frost pretty pretty standout actually over jade yeah well i was gonna uh, say jade like Brady. see dan jade and austin they're all good pals um and i think you know dan dan's just like um you kind of like second fiddle to them really uh in maybe a few people's minds but um He's just making a bit of a statement there, I think, uh, and up at Jasmine Jam as well. Got it done. Um, he he's one of he's one of the big boys. He's not to be uh, disregarded. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, yeah, his rating might not be quite up to date. I would think for uh, yeah, how well he actually plays. 
But uh, yeah, we had a few Melbournians pop over as well. One of our favourites was in the MA40 division, Tony Anthony Majin, and too easy. Just a crushing victory for him. Yeah, eight strokes, huge. Um, yeah, both rounds uh, above his rating, uh, playing awesome golf. Um, yeah, really good to see. And, and I know he's quite hyped. He uh, he dropped me like a message, like a random message about something else um, just after the event. But I, I knew he was just looking for a shout out. So I patted him on the back. I was like, well done. He's like, oh, you saw that I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks, thanks, thanks. I was like, what are you sending me random shit for? <laughs> yeah, never messages you normally, yeah. but all of a sudden gets a win. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. No, good on him. Uh, Anita Weber just continuing her dominance over the FA2 division. Another easy victory there for her. Yeah. And uh, let me check, probably above her rating yeah. every time then as well. Yeah. yeah. Quite comfortably. Yeah. So, yeah, she just can't be stopped. Uh, and I think we had uh, Matty Pearsall roll over as well, and cruisy victory for him as well. So cold strokes, yeah. Very, very easy going. Yeah. So love seeing that from uh, from all the Melbournians, and yeah, maybe one day we'll get over there. Yeah, that's huge. Well done, well done, Eagles flying high. Good to see. Indeed. Well, another Eagle, our boy Mark Hardy. So we had a chat with him in preparation for Worlds last week. Maybe even had uh, one round under the belt or not. Was that I'm trying to remember now? Uh, that was just that was pre first round. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That was all right. And he was up and about. He was excited. He played some pretty good uh, disc golf. And um, you managed. No, we both managed to have another chat with him after that. This was after two, two rounds. After two rounds. That's correct. Yeah. Mm, cool. Um, should we have a listen? We definitely should. <laughs> All right. Uh, g'day, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another brilliant Thrower segment, no doubt. We'll uh, see how this pans out. Um, we got me and Alan in the digital studio, joined once again by Mark Hardy. Uh, welcome, uh, Hardy. Thank you, fellas. Uh, love to be on again. Uh, what time of the day is it for you right uh, now, Hardy? It's 6.50, and I've uh, just had my breakfast and listening to the, uh, the cats hopefully get over the line against the swans you would think this is planned all right time for question one question one what is your world's breakfast situation uh world's breakfast situation great question uh it's there's a, a bit of a buffet there's some uh, eggs and sausages bacon uh i've just been eating big breakfast actually loading up on the breakfast uh it's it's pretty good it's pretty good uh pancakes Coffee's okay. Uh, yeah. I love an American breakfast. I know it's yeah. trash, but I, it's so good too. Yeah, yeah. They have these cinnamon scrolls that, uh, like, I know they're terrible for me, but they are absolutely delicious. And, uh, yeah, getting a couple of cinnamon scrolls for breakfast each morning too. So it's uh, it's good. It's awesome, actually. All right. That question came in from Oscar. Thanks, Oscar. <laughs> I'd like to think that question was a nod to uh, my breakfast burritos, maybe. But um, I've had a few. Awesome. That was a great segue by you. <laughs> segue by you, Hardy. All right. Second question in from none other, Matty Meltdown. Um, he wants to know, and I wonder if the answer is thirteen. But he wants to know how many backhands have you been throwing off the tee? Uh, 
it's been probably a mix. It's probably been nearly a 50-50 mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's um, a lot of slower discs actually off the tee uh, yesterday. It's a, there's a fair bit of elevation. So um, yeah, I reckon it's about a 50-50. Not very well, but uh, yeah, 50-50 uh, combo. Awesome. All right, third listener question before we I hand over to Alan, I'll play the dad card. Uh, sorry if you can hear crying Theo in the background. The third listener comes in from one of our more passionate listeners, uh, uh, Ashley. He would like to know, has the throllers bugging you for videos from po, uh, videos from pros, plugging them, ruined your experience, and why? <laughs> Good question, Ashley. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no. To be honest, I haven't been bugging me. As, as soon as I saw the pros, uh, I thought uh, I've got to get it. I've got to give them a plug uh, and and get them on the throllers. They actually both were very keen for a, for a link, and I'm sure they're probably listening to this very episode right now so uh hello jay and hello uh ricky i'm sure you guys are listening excellent excellent all right so, we love it don't worry said, about that. i'm going <laughs> to play a bit of the dad card now i think that says a little bit about harley the fact that he did it off his own bat um and i'm going to mute myself alan take over and uh, i'll be listening in the background enjoy the chat uh, good to chat to you beautiful mate. Uh, well, don't worry about these softball questions that we got from our chump <laughs> listeners. We've we go. got some real hard-hitting stuff now. So how are you feeling about your performance so far in the tournament? Uh, look, um, I'm not going to lie. I was uh, scrolling down to the bottom of the scorecard yesterday and, and hoping to get inside the top 300 as uh, players were coming in, and I've <laughs> done that. But look, feeling okay. Um, played some, like patches of really good golf but just uh yeah had a, a couple of blowouts uh on a couple of holes putted really well in the first round putted like crap on the second round so uh yeah look there's been some highlights there's been a few lowlights but uh look i'm having lots of fun the courses are cool and we've got to play with the same group because of the weather um both rounds i've got a really good group it's like we're having a ball out there man yeah, that's cool. I did uh, I did see that everyone's sort of having a play with the same card, so it's good that you don't have any, any downers on the cards. So no, no. That's we, all right. Uh, I think we're reshuffling today, which is a bit unfortunate because, uh, yeah, we, we were having a lot of fun out there. Well, I think uh, the next question might answer itself, but uh, what's been the most challenging aspect of the event? Uh, Surely the weather. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the weather. <laughs> Thanks for uh, the answer. Yeah, look, yesterday was crazy. Um, basically, uh, we, well, we've had a rest day because of the air quality. And then yesterday, some of the biggest storms uh, you've ever seen come in. So we, the hooter rang when we were literally on the 18th tee. Uh, and then uh, we were just sitting in the car for five hours uh, waiting and basically played, uh, yeah, the last hole after five hours. Um, it was not too bad for me. I, I was able to kind of sneak the par in. The, the poor other fellas, uh, I think they all took doubles uh, after a five-hour wait to play one hole. So, uh, yeah, it was crazy bad. Like, uh, there was uh, this... I was driving the car, and literally there was a, a tornado 11 miles away. And I had to pull over and Google what to do in a tornado if you're driving. <laughs> That's wild. I love that. <laughs> what, what was the answer? 
Uh, well, you get out of the car and you lay on the ground in the lowest kind of spot, like a ditch or a ravine if possible. So I was uh, keeping a keen eye on ditches and ravines on the side of the road. It was uh, it was pretty scary, man. <laughs> that's wild. Well, good knowledge because that's definitely like my first instinct would have been stay in the car, don't that's, ever leave. But Me too, but that's, yeah, I, I don't think you're meant to do that. <laughs> good, good to know. Um <laughs> So, as you know, we do spotlight and not light. Have you got yourself a spotlight so far throughout the tournament? Uh, yeah, I hit a, hit a nice 20-metre uh, putt uh, at Northwood Black, which kind of got a bit of momentum going. Uh, that was pretty nice. Uh, That's spicy. I like yeah. that. That no, felt good. Uh, I putted the, the first day, uh, the putter, thank God. The, like, the approach in the putter was, was on. Um, the driving, uh, let's say. <laughs> uh, what about a, a not light then? Oh, mate, I've, I've thrown a couple. There's been a couple of times where like, I should have just pitched out and I've just thrown like uh, literally two metres in front of me straight to the middle, dead centre of a tree uh, after, a lost, yeah, after a lost disc, which uh, really hurt. Um, so, yeah, look, I've, uh, I think uh, what's after a quad bogey? Uh, <laughs> we just uh, we don't worry about that one. I had a I had a five over, so five over on a par four. So uh, yeah, that was my not light. It was it was yeah. pretty, it was pretty filthy. But uh, yeah, I think everyone's gonna have one or two of those maybe. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh, are there any areas of your game that you feel particularly strong, or any that uh, you feel needs improvement during the tournament? Uh, Oh man, the the, uh, the the approaches have been pretty solid. Like, the the RPM desks are getting a workout on these courses. So I don't use them heaps uh, in Melbourne, but uh, for whatever reason, I pretty much nearly exclusively, apart from the Xco, using um, yeah the Gataku or the Piwaka Waka. So they're coming out. The the turnover with the Piwaka Waka and the putting on round one it, it was awesome. Uh, I've just got to get the the backhand drives. I've just got to kind of either avoid them or uh, get better. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's been, there's been a few sticky ones. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, well, I can imagine that uh, you, you're not used to such long courses that they got over there, oh. so we, we don't normally have, you know, it's just drive and then putt yeah, sort of setups here. So the actual approach game, um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, good that it's working well, though. Yeah, yeah. No, my noodle arm is not designed for these courses, mate. <laughs> Uh, so, looking ahead, what are your expectations for the remaining rounds of the tournament, and uh, what's your plan to approach it? Uh, yeah, good question, mate. Uh, look, yeah, we thanks. Just, I wrote uh, them all myself. This definitely uh, wasn't Chris's scripts. No, good, good. Um, uh, yeah, look, I it, the, the courses just changed, so uh, we were going to be playing the same courses twice, uh, which yeah, until this morning uh, it was to beat those scores, but we're playing kind of the, the two quicker courses to try and push things through a bit quicker because there's still people on, on the course playing their second round. So, yeah, look, just to... I, I want to try and at least shoot one round to my rating or at least uh, try and uh, yeah, shoot, shoot a couple of rounds with at least a nine uh, in the front of the, the round rating would be would be nice to see. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be far off. We're, we're putting some good stuff together. It's just to be a bit more, just a bit more consistent and not uh, blow out, uh, have those blowout holes. That nah, sounds really good. So what is the shake-up then? What are the courses you're 
playing and you you're guaranteed the four still guaranteed the four rounds now right after even after the delay oh as like yeah so there's literally like last night there were guys teeing off at 7 30 and kind of at 8 30 having to mark their disc wherever they were and they go and finish their rounds today and then we're playing northwood blue which is um the kind of sister course to northwood black it's at the same um, precinct uh it's look it's i think it's a little bit more um gettable but it's still got a lot of bite but um yeah there's the par threes are kind of a fair few of them are reachable which is cool but this you still have to play decent shots and then we back to today we're back at the course we played uh yesterday the wildlife course but yeah because of a bit of a rain and stuff i reckon the um the footing and things like that will be be, be pretty tricky um it's very similar to Poimina, like uh, the first two holes are open, but then it just reminds me so many holes of Poimina. So uh, I'll be wearing the uh, the hiking boots for sure. You wouldn't want the Zuka out there, mate, on this one. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You just got to tap into, uh, what was it, 2011 Nationals? Oh, yeah. When you uh, took re- down re- your division recreation, in Poimina? Uh, or the recreation division, get around it. Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll be doing, mate. I'll watch the tap into uh, those championship vibes, mate, and then yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no. I watch the uh, I watch the footage uh, of Point Mina. Hopefully, get me in the mode this morning. Nah, sounds great. Beautiful. All right. Well, we won't keep you too long because we know you got some uh, prep and you're going to get there and attack the course. So, um, yeah, thanks for the chat, man. Really appreciate it. And we'll we'll try to catch you again. Um, yeah, if not after this one, but. Definitely after the uh, uh, fourth round and see how we're sitting. No, awesome, mate. Awesome, mate. Wish you guys were here, actually. It's, uh, we'll, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to when uh, disc golf, uh, uh, the thrillers, I mean, uh, goes, uh, goes international because uh, you guys are love. Yeah, that's it. All right, so there you had it. Uh, there's Mark Hardy, um, you know, still securely on the ground, dealing with everything over there. So that's going to be one of the takeaway stories of the worlds for sure for juniors and AMs is just the smoke interruptions and, and now the tornado interruptions. That's just wild. But um, as Hardy said, TDs are doing a phenomenal job working around the clock to uh, get hundreds and hundreds of players through the courses uh, multiple times. And, yeah, Hardy's really confident that the event's going to get completed. I'm sure they weren't the first two rounds he was kind of looking for. Um, and hopefully he bounces back. We'll hear, we'll hear exactly how he went. Um, and we checked in with him again um, after after the event as well. So I look, you'll get to hear that chat. Um, before we get into all of the uh, AM world results, because Hardy obviously wasn't our only representative over there, uh, I believe we have a sponsor, Alan, for this little segment. Yeah, that's right. Uh yeah, we, we kicked the sponsors away last week because we had a couple cool shout-outs from, uh, from the pros, courtesy of uh, Hardy there, but they just came knocking, you know what I mean? They're like, how do we get back involved in this? And I actually got an email from Prodigy Discs. So uh, there's been uh, a bit of hoopla lately about uh, baskets, and they just want to let everyone know that they got the best baskets in the market, and their baskets, they catch them all. And they've uh, they've given me this this little jingle. I wanna be the very best, like no one ever was. To catch them is my real test. To contain them is my cause. Prodigy, gotta catch them all with a putt so true. Your disc will never spit through. You hit me and I'll catch you. Prodigy. 
Gotta catch them all, Prodigy. <laughs> yes, Prodigy. Yes. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't pre-record that for you, mate? <laughs> no. Nah, they, uh, they, they wanted me to do that one. Oh, nice. So, nah, fair uh, enough. Yeah, check out Prodigy, uh, Prodigy Baskets because they, they catch them all. Catch them all. All right, so uh, thanks, Prodigy, for coming on board. Uh, let's uh, get looking at some of the results. We like we had an awesome Aussie contingent head over. Uh, maybe let's start with the juniors. Let's start with uh, MJ12, Alan. Yeah, so we had uh, Henry. He had a pretty strong start, but he sort of just kept slipping a little bit, little bit, little bit, but still managed to finish in 15th place, which is <laughs> still very, very impressive. Um. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah, um, started with a round well above his rating um, and, and then and then slipped a little bit from there. Um, but, yeah, still to finish top 20, um, first ever trip uh, overseas, I think it's a huge effort for a young man. No, for sure. So do love that and uh, very cool experience. I can't wait to uh, catch up with him at uh, in Gambia or something like that and See how, uh, yeah, see how it all was for the young fella. Yeah, for Whether sure. Whether he plans on going back over and trying to dominate. He, he might be genuinely eight. I can't even remember. He might be able to get another MJ12 in him. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, uh, moving on to MJ15, and I did listen to um, our good friends over at the tee-off during the week. And as we know, I love to butcher a last name. Um, but they just said this last name with absolute co confidence that I'm going to run with it. Um, Alex Canaston. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, yeah. What'd you say last week? No idea. Not that. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Canaston and his name's Kiniston. No, nah, I think I was saying Kiniston, but T oh, off okay. for, for running with Canaston. Okay. Sounds good. They'll know. Yeah. They'll know for sure. They'll know. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, they had a chat with him, didn't they? So they better know. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I don't think they have yet. Well, not on the episode I listened to. Uh, they, oh, yeah. they chatted with Nick. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, so Alex uh, had an event uh, well below well below his rating, it's fair to say. Um, on average, it was 49 points below his rating average. Uh, so, um, And I saw something up on his socials. It wasn't the event he was looking for. Um he had an awesome time and he managed to hit an eagle at one point. Um, but yeah, came in, is it 25th in the end? Uh, 31st. 31st. Unless I, yeah, unless I wrote it down wrong in my notes, but um, somewhere around there anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it is 25th. I feel oh, like okay. I'm... Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so not ideal. Still, world champion, uh, distance champion. So no one can take that away from him. No, as much as Blake would like to. The rivalry, <laughs> but the rivalry between Blake and him is awesome. Um, I'm all for it. Um, Blake's heading up to Queensland Champs, actually, and I, um, I know he's probably taking a 150-grand boss up there with him. And he's, <laughs> he, um, But, yeah, officially, officially, uh, Alex is Australia's furthest thrower, and I'm sure Blake has not slept since. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was a good pickup by uh, the tee-off crew. That uh, That's the longest official throw any Australian's ever done. So um, I know I won't be messing with it, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe this will inspire someone else out there to see if they can throw 198 metres. 
So have you ever heard of the uh, thousand foot challenge? <laughs> no. So the thousand foot challenge is you get to take a driver, a mid range, and a putter, uh, and you just dr- throw them all as far as you can to see if you can throw a thousand feet. And that's oh. and that's the, and like add them like add them together to see if you reach a thousand after throwing all three. Um, anyway, I'd like to do the six four seven challenge with a driver, a mid range, and a putter. I reckon I could have three of my longest throws with each of those discs and not throw as far as he's just thrown that in one throw. That's so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> 200 meters. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's a 647 challenge. Yeah. I like that. Maybe we'll set that up at the yeah. Thrallers Invitational. And the the Thrallers Non-Invitational. Yeah. Yeah, the 647 challenge. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, uh, and his brother... Toby. Yeah. Toby. I, and I'm going to pronounce his name the same way, I guess. Toby, yep. <laughs> Toby Canaston. Um, where, where did he come in in the end? Uh, my notes say 84th, but that might be wrong. <laughs> um, my notes say 84th, correct. Oh, there we go. I don't know how I messed up Alex's then. And of all the juniors, um, he's the only one that averaged above his rating one point above his rating. So yeah, boy, let's go. Um, yeah. I like, I don't know what a goals Toby had set for himself. Um, but you surely shooting above your rating has got to be one of them. Um, and so kudos to Toby. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. Yeah. And, uh, not an Aussie, but we've talked about him a bit, uh, Southern hemisphere and he's from New Zealand and he's good. So we'll just take him. Uh, Levi what? Stout. Just like Pavlova. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, Levi Stout, he ended up in fifth, but I'm pretty sure in some controversial circumstances, yeah? Like, I don't think we ever got to the bottom of it, but he was tie second with three other people. Yeah. Uh, but he, he didn't make the final four playoffs, so... What do we think happened there? We I don't know. Our best guess is they had like a um, like a you know a, a playoff to see who could be the final four, um, and only four players got to play. That's our best guess, I guess. Yeah, it's what makes sense to me. And man, I'd be dirty on that. I'd be absolutely filthy if I was second, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to do a playoff for like the final four, and then you end up losing on that." You're like, nah, just let five of us roll through, man. Yeah, and while we're claiming Pavlova, um, we may as well claim Russell Crowe by Ratted as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, the list is huge. Um, Sarah Wadsworth, did you see this? Oh, yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, so the FJ8 winner, uh, another New Zealand girl, comfortable, uh, winner by 16 strokes in the end, shot an event that was 70, the best part of 70 rating points above her rating. Yeah, very impressive. Did did like that. Saw that uh, going off on all the RPM chats and Facebook groups. So shout out to Sarah. I'm sure she's a future listener, if not already a listener. Yeah, definitely. We're going international. <laughs> definitely. Uh, on to the MA1 boys. Uh, we had Nick Halstead, the Queenslander, and he ended up in 168th position. I think there was... 360-odd people, so just, yeah, right in the middle, smack bang in the middle there. Yeah, correct. Um, shot basically his rating, just uh, three points below. Um, so, 
um, yeah, haven't heard um, how um, post round and how he's feeling about that. But again, he shot really close to his rating. Um, so maybe he's feeling pretty good with that event. Yeah, cool. I would be for sure. Yeah. And then uh, our boy Hardy. All right. So, so last time we heard from him, he was uh, yet to shoot his rating, um, and he had a couple of rounds in front of him. I'm sure our boy was uh, ready to bounce right back. He'd gone eight nine eight, followed by eight eight five, um, and he, he was desperate to just get a round that started with a nine. Uh, how did he go? Uh, he didn't. Habit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <damn it. laughs> uh, yeah, didn't quite manage to crack the nine. Ended up in uh, 281st place, uh, which seems pretty bad, but he beat like 50-odd people. Um, I've never beaten 50-odd people in my division, so... That's uh, true. <laughs> it's, it's doing better than I am. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, didn't quite manage to get that, that good round in, unfortunately. Uh, should we hear from the man himself and uh, listen to that last check-in I had with him? Yep, sounds good. All right, perfect. Uh, here he is. Let's see how he felt about the event. Hardy, welcome in for another chat. Oh, thanks very much, Chris. Good to chat again, mate. So first question, obvious question. Uh, how are you feeling after the tournament? Uh, look, I'm feeling pretty happy. I uh, uh, got uh, took played many shots um, and but had lots of fun. Um, look, mate, it's, yeah, it was a bit of a bucket list trip. Uh, and look, it was pretty mentally taxing the, the five days that it went over. Uh, but the body's a bit sore, the arms a bit sore. Uh, pretty happy to kind of put the disc away for a couple of days now. But uh, yeah, feeling uh, feeling really good, mate. Awesome. So uh, one thing uh, that we do uh, pretty regularly now on our podcast is we're we're rating other players, and we've got a bit of a leaderboard going. And uh, Jeff Brunsting, the uh, the father of Melbourne Disc Golf is currently the top of that leaderboard. Yep. Alan and I thought it would be a good idea to get you to kind of rate yourself um, for those four main categories that we use. So for driving, putting, mental game, and card vibes, give yourself a score out of five for each of those, please, for the listeners. Okay. Uh, Starting with driving, uh, I'm going to say about oh, a two and a half. Can you give halves in this? You definitely can. Just, uh, you definitely can. Yeah, two, two and a half. Like the first, uh, I threw some awesome drives, uh, and then threw some some uh, not so good drives. And I guess on the, the courses that we play, they were pretty tight. Uh, probably the ones that were a bit frustrating were the ones where I kind of had a plan, and then stepped up to the box and didn't change that plan last minute, which. Uh, yeah, I can do sometimes. Um, those ones that didn't come off, they were a bit frustrating. And some of the drives, if, you, if you're off the the fairway there, you, you're costing yourself one, two, sometimes even three, three shots. It was pretty nasty. Putting. Putting, uh, yeah, three, two and a half, actually. Uh, the first day, it was about a four or five. The putts, I, I was on fire with the putts, but then... Um, yeah, look, I, the last round I got two stinky uh, spit-outs uh, at the wildlife course. The, the baskets um, were, were, there were a few dodgy spit-outs for all of us, but I got, yeah, kind of two three-foot parts that were dead centre that just popped back out at me, which, uh, anyway, it is what it is, but I think everyone got a few of them as well. So, But parting two and a half at the end, yeah, it was terrible. 
All right, in the middle again. All right, mental game. Uh, whilst I didn't score that well, uh, I thought mentally I was I was pretty good. Um, there was one uh, day where we had uh, where we were on and off all the time due to storms and lightning and things, and some people got really frustrated with that. But I think I just kind of took that in my stride. And there was one day where, yeah, it was a five-hour break. We were off. We basically called off when we were on the ATST. And there were a five-hour five break. And, uh, yeah, I just stayed chilled and, and kind of parred the last, which was a pretty pretty tricky hole. Um, so, yeah, mentally I was pretty pretty relaxed the whole time. It was weird. I think I felt more nervous uh, at a social day or a, or a casual round with uh, with you than I did at the World Champs. It was, it was kind of weird. All right, give that a score out uh, of five. Yeah. Are you going to say five? No, I'm not going to say five. No, no, uh, I guess... Uh, it was probably about a yeah three and a half. Like I, I played some silly stuff, but I um yeah I, I didn't get really frazzled or anything like that. Uh, so it was good. Oh, okay, you've been a bit hard on yourself there. That sounded good. I felt like that was at least a four. All right, uh, card vibes. Surely you score well here. Card uh, vibes. How do you score yourself? I know that's a weird one, but how do you score yourself for card vibes for the week? Yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a four. I reckon I I was a bit sh- sh- towards the end. Uh, like I think I was pretty pretty knackered uh, uh, and a little bit grumpy with a few shot, few tired shots at the end. But uh, as a whole, like I think I played with the uh, the same group for the first two days and kind of stayed in touch with them and checked out their rounds and watched a few few of their holes. Uh, one of the my card mates from the first couple of rounds, he he hit a hole in one, which was cool. So we had a beer um, to celebrate that. So yeah, look, I think. Um, I tried to keep keep things uh, up and about. Um, I played with a few serious players in the first couple of days, and and uh, and that was cool. I kind of thought I helped them kind of uh, relax the nerves, and then uh, yeah, the, the vibes in the in the kind of bottom cards towards the end, uh, we were, everyone was pretty relaxed and uh, just there for a good time. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna say four. Awesome, love that. All right, thanks for playing along. Uh, back into some serious questions. So, obviously, uh, you're heading back to Oz in the next few days. What's your next event on your radar? And do you feel your game in general will be better for this bucket list experience? I really do. I, I, I really hope that the game does improve. I've, I've had to play a lot of shots that um, I probably haven't had to play many of before. I've had to kind of hit a, a course with a completely different mindset where... Um, you know, especially Northwood Black, it was kind of a bogey was was kind of like a par. So I think, um, and and I didn't get nervous. So I think hopefully coming back, um, uh, one hopefully I, I learnt a lot of things, a lot of new shots, uh, but also kind of just to relax. Like if you're gonna if you're not gonna get nervous playing in the world, you probably like don't need to get nervous for for any competition. So just just relax, and uh, you know uh, it will be what what will be. So. Uh, hopefully, yeah. The next, I think, the next tournament uh, might be the Inverley Open, perhaps, or the Throllers. I did see I have been put into the Throllers Invitational, which I'm looking forward to. So, uh, yeah, one of those. Look, I, I, it's going to be a bit hard for me to get out in the next few weekends. I'm sure I've probably got a list of uh, jobs the size of my arm to get done at home. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, looking forward to coming back and uh, just seeing if if uh, that translates the stuff that I was doing over here can translate to my game back home. Oh, awesome, awesome. All right, so um, no doubt we have listeners and hosts that have M Worlds on their bucket list. 
Is there anything that you would recommend or what's the one thing that you would recommend for any future travellers heading over from Australia? Yeah, um, oh, just yeah, one, if, if you can, um, do it. Like, don't, don't hesitate. Uh, it's, it's been, it's lived up to uh, everything that I thought it would be and more. And look, we had a really tough time with the weather. Um, the, the courses got changed and it was, uh, things got thrown around. I think my last round was at like uh, 6.40 a.m., um, uh, and we got told at like 11 p.m. the night before type thing. So there was a lot of, uh, even that with that, it was just the best experience. So first I'd say if, if you can do it, definitely uh, get over here and, and do it. Uh, but also, yeah, just get to the course. Um, if you do just sign up, get get to the course two or three days earlier because these courses over here, um, there's, I don't know, there's nothing like, especially the the first few courses we played in in australia and and i think if you had played the courses a few times it probably it wasn't about um it, it, big throws so much but it was about placement and just kind of uh, moving yourself around the course in the most efficient way and uh yeah definitely get over here a couple of days earlier make some buddies and uh yeah the vibes are great and, and just just do it Cool. Some good advice. Good advice in there for sure. Um, all right. So, a couple of we're gonna for the last two questions are, are popular topics on our podcast, and I wonder if I can invite you to comment on these. So, one of those topics is play ratings and um, whether or not we have a bit of a rating bubble here in Australia or over there in America. So. The data tells me that you played an event of uh, about 880 golf. My question is, um, is, does that feel about right? Does it feel overs? Does it feel unders? Um, how do you feel about the ratings? Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing, actually, Chris, so, um, myself. Look, I think I probably played, yeah, maybe uh, between somewhere between 890, 900, maybe. Uh, like I didn't definitely didn't play kind of to to my potential, but I must admit, um, I there were some golfers that I saw, Ameri especially the American guys that I saw that were rated lowly, and I thought, whoa, you'd be much higher in Australia. But then there were some golfers too that I saw that I played with that I thought, whoa, you were <laughs> actually I'm surprised you're rated that highly. So look, I I think perhaps maybe. Yeah, it's it's really hard to tell because Nick Nick Halstead played really well. He played um, to his uh, potential. Every time I watched him, he was just lacing things, and I think he played around. I think he's about nine four five, and I think he played around his rating. I, I'm going to say the ratings are pretty pretty close. Uh, I don't think I think maybe we're overthinking it. I reckon we're. I think it, I don't think there's a hell of a difference between kind of a nine hundred and a nine twenty golfer in Australia that there is here. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, cool comment. Um, yeah, me and Alan were talking about this and I would I was definitely a believer in the bubble, like without having any thousand rated propagators here in Australia, I th think that limits our rating ability. Yeah. But, you know, having having such a, you know, you know, five or six of you really head over the tour, the US and play and um, kind of seeing how the ratings shake out, it's probably, probably, uh, quashed my beliefs in that uh, area a little bit, I think, yeah. um, and I feel like maybe maybe it is where it is. Mm, no, I think so. I, I think so. I wish my data set was uh, a bit aligned more to my rating, but I think uh, I think it's 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 pretty pretty pure. 
All right. So last question here at Throllers, um, we are not big on soft players. Uh, and in your pool, there were over 30 DNFs for the event in MA1. So was the course dangerous and injuries were bound to hit 10% of the field? Or did you play with a bunch of soft players? <laughs> um, no, the last day was uh, it was pretty hairy. Um, like we were walking down um, these kind of mountain bike trails uh, and it was just mud and, yeah, there were bodies flying everywhere. <laughs> like there were dudes in, with Zuka carts and uh, it was pretty messy. Um, but mind you, yeah, look, people got, some of the uh, locals here got really frustrated with the kind of, um, all the interruptions. But look, I, I think that the PDGA, they were bound by, uh, you know, pretty tight rules. And um, there was the air quality issues, there were storms, there was heaps of stuff. But um, yeah, look, I think the last round, I think started at like 5.58. Like it was the, um, the horn went for the first tee off of the last round. So I think some people <laughs> might not be early risers. Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, look, I think, a, and also I guess that the tournament did get extended to the Saturday. I think a lot of people in, in the B pool probably, like myself, I had to change a few plans, didn't expect to be playing on the Saturday when the, the finals were, were on. So maybe that's got something to do with it. But uh, no, I'm not, I'll, I'll give them credit. I don't think that was soft. I reckon it, it might have been to do with um, logistics. All right, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, that Saturday comment makes a lot of sense. Um, we kind of forgotten about that from earlier in the week that everyone obviously, yeah, in the B pool got to play the finals day. Yes, yeah. Um, all right, thanks for your time, Legend. Uh, you've been super generous and we're super stoked uh, and we hope the listeners appreciate it. We're sure they do. Uh, we're super grateful um, and obviously we look forward to having you back on home soil and uh, playing around together soon. No. Uh, a very nice little interview there, Christos, and uh, thanks heaps for Mark for taking the time out of his trip to have a little chat with us and and uh, give us a bit of content and let the people know sort of, yeah, how it all went and what's going on, and sounds like uh, no regrets from him. So, yeah, if you get the chance, like Hardy said, get out there and, and do it. 100%. 100%. Um, one thing that really tickled my interest when you guys were having the chat was when you were asking about ratings, because I know we've definitely had this conversation before about how you thought Australia was in a, a bit of a bubble and we were rated lower than we should be, um, I think was sort of your stance, or, or at least it was hard for people to really raise their ratings to a high level here. Yeah. Uh, and I'd always thought... Um, Sort of, it just anecdotally, and for some reason, probably just, I don't know, because I'm a dick, but uh, I always thought the opposite, that, that our ratings were inflated a little bit. Um, so, yeah, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on it now? Yeah, so, like I kind of said in that chat, like, um, I was really curious to hear Hardy's thoughts. I was kind of hoping Hardy would turn around and say, oh, Nah, I played way worse than that. They were 700 rated rounds in Australia, but they came out as 880s in America. Uh, but that's not what he said. Um, I, you know, math as a maths teacher, mathematically, I still have to believe not having a thousand rated pop uh, populators, uh, sorry, propagators, ha has to hurt us mathematically. It just mathematically has to. So I wonder, and this is a deeper conversation, but I wonder if it hurts 
the 950 rated players and above more than it hurts are 950 and below players. Um, I wonder if there's a ceiling in Australia and maybe you can accelerate towards that ceiling. But once you get there, you've, you've reached the ceiling. That's, that's my new thoughts on the matter. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, mine, I think, are still the same, that our ratings are just higher than than they should be. Uh, so, I don't know, basically every Australian that I know that's gone over to America and played has played below their rating. Uh, Timmy B and Shawnee Freeman went to Worlds last year. They were both well below rating. Everybody except for Toby, Toby. I guess, Toby. was below rating. <laughs> Um, Nick was about the same, but a lot of the others were fairly below rating. Um, and like even Jacob Cruden went to a couple tour- small tournaments last year, a uh, little bit below rating on, on both of them. So like, I know we can definitely play tournaments below our rating, but it just seems like it's almost every round and it's every, almost every person. So, da- I don't know. It's just, yeah. The, the data definitely backs your argument up. Yeah, it's just sort of anecdotal stuff, I guess, but it just, I don't know. No one seems to go over there and and play to what their rating is. I do um, wonder, I do wonder if Luke Bain is going to come back with a higher, rated than, a higher rating than he left with, though. Yeah, I'm very interested in that. So, it's, I haven't done the math so far, but um, I would hazard a guess that it's dropping. Uh, yeah. Because his good rounds have been like three or four above his rating uh and his bad rounds have been 20 30 below oh did you not listen to our standard deviation conversation no i know i definitely know but (laughs) (laughs) But, i yeah i I don't know there's a rating update in a week uh so that that'll be a good indication and he's over there for a while he'll be over there for two rating updates so yeah i think it'll be more more on the second one than yeah than, than this one yeah uh but no i'm definitely interested to see how that shakes out with him and gosh uh, I, and I, gosh i hope our listeners are too because fuck we talk about ratings a lot. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well one thing i can say is i think that the european ratings probably are pretty accurate because what i've noticed that when the americans like the the good americans the touring pros head over to europe they just dominate but there's just not that many people in europe that are thousand rated and above and their ceiling's kind of like 10 10 and you're getting these operators going over that are 10 20 10 30 and they just win because they're just better so i don't know we're seeing a bit of that now with um uh bradley williams yeah so bradley williams doesn't do much on the american circuit like he's good but he's you know he's not calvin heinberg uh but he's 10 30 rated and just he's what, a, a win and a third in his two efforts? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then the European names that are just always there, uh, Jakob Semerad and Nicolas Antala, they're 10.26 or 10.22 and 10.35 rated themselves. They're just like head and shoulders above the rest of the Europeans. So... Um, yeah, I feel like the European stuff's accurate, which may, like, why would the Australians not be if Europe is and America is? But, yeah, not sure. But anyway, like you said, we probably talked too much about ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Should we see how Bainey actually did? Yes, how did he do? Well, as good as 
uh, the kid, Elias Alukanen, oh, came correct. in uh, 21st place. Correct. Which, um, yeah, pretty pretty hot. He had two rounds above his rating, I think, and then uh, the, the final round was a bit of a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, 999 event. Yeah, not yeah. bad. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> uh, and another big fat payday. Yeah, big fat payday. I put that in our chat, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, 687 uh, USD, so... Just you know, that that'd work out to be a touch over a thousand bucks, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool, and it's four events and four caches, or four pro tour events and four caches. Yeah. So he's yeah he's starting a pretty streak, pretty good streak, which is dope. Yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. That's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. Uh, Paul McBeth took this one out though. Uh, with Nicholas Antala right there and Brad, uh, Bradley Williams, as I mentioned. But, uh, yeah, a few more Americans starting to pop over. It's starting to get a bit more spicy uh, next week and the week after. Yes, very much so. Uh, we'll be at Sula before we know it. Um, that's the week after. And then the week after, that's the European Open. So, um, yeah, a few Americans are getting there early. Um, and, yeah, it's be you can continue to cash in these upcoming events. That's just absolutely outrageous effort. Nah, for sure. I'm having a look at the next one, and he's like the 25th highest rated player or something at the event, um, and he's been operating at like sort of 10 to 15 range. So, um, yeah, starting to get spicy now for him. Yeah, and if you go to PSC Sula, he's way down. Yeah, you got one, two, three, four, six players, 1040 or above rated there. Um, so game on. Can't wait to see how he goes to that event. Nice. So, all right, for some ratings that people maybe don't care about to the only ratings that people yes. do care about. Good segue <laughs> by you. Good segue. <laughs> so we'll... Jump into the Throllers player radar in a second, uh, but before I think you've got a sponsor for us. Oh, yes, perfect. Uh, give me one second. Um, let me bring up the spiel. Here we go. So um, we'd like to welcome on board uh, none other than Fire R Stinguisher, post-chili relief. All right. Milk exists to cool the mouth, but there is nothing to cool the other end until now. Behold, the world's first chili aftercare product, Fire R Stinguisher. The brainchild behind Fire R Stinguisher promotes good personal care of ourselves from top to bottom. Thinking about the world's current care plan of an area that can already receive a pretty raw deal, they decided it uh, was time for an upgrade. Focus on post-chili poos. They've sourced a collection of soothing ingredients to help soothe your hot chili-loving butt. Fire R Stinguisher is a foaming combination of mild castile soap, witch hazel, lemongrass essential oil, eucalyptus essential oils, and water. The prep, uh, preparation aspires to bring relief from the dreaded ring of fire. It worked for us, and we think it'll work for you. Uh, made in Australia, check them out. We'll be linking this up on our socials. Get around it. Uh, Fire R Stinguisher. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm at home this weekend. I've been eating a lot of crap, so I could really use some fire-ass thing, so 
Might have to see if we can get a sample. Uh, definitely, definitely. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if our if at our non-votational, if there's uh, maybe a, a, a players pack prize up for grabs, this might be a, yeah, a cheeky door prize up for grabs, I think. Love that. Nice. All right. So uh, we thought it was fitting, seeing as we made Hardy rate himself uh, or his, his performance at Worlds, that he should be our Thrallers player rater for this week. Perfect sense. So what, uh, what are our categories again there, Chris? All right. So our four common categories again are driving, putting, mental game, and card vibes. And uh, special category for Hardy. We, um, <laughs> we we got stumped a little bit on this one. We did. So <laughs> uh, if anyone's been listening to all of them, you might see a bit of a theme that uh, if, you, if you're pretty good at disc golf, that your, your special category might not help you so much. It's got um, to peg you down a little bit. <laughs> uh, and it's hard trying to find some things to peg Hardy down on. Um, but... You came up with something. What uh, What do we got? Uh, I thought we'd just go with the uh, hot off the press, his performance at Worlds. Nice. So Heidi's special category is his World uh, Disc Golf performance. I like that. Uh, well, I'm happy to get us kicked off with the uh, driving. Please do. I'm ready to launch right in with a solid 3.5. Um, I don't think he, he has some distance, but he's not big boy distance. He's got the, the nice forehand and backhand combo. Um, but yeah, he does a bit more of that flexi forehand, which can get you stuffed up in the wind a bit. Um, yeah, three and a half. He can, sometimes he can pull off some, some real special ones and, uh, sometimes not quite so much, but that's where I'm going with three and a half. Ding, ding, ding. Um, that's, that's exactly where I have him at 3.5. Um, his sidearm's better than mine, um, comfortably. Um, but I'd say my back end is better than his. So for that reason, he's landed at 3.5. Uh, I, I was thinking about a three, but I, the man does occasionally pull out a tomahawk as well, which is not something I possess. So, uh, it had to be at least a 3.5. Well, I saw him uh, park hole 17 at Bald Hill with a forehand and I couldn't couldn't justify giving him a three knowing, with that knowledge. That's fair enough. <laughs> uh, not three, three and a half sounds good. All right, what do you got for putting? Putting, putting, I went up and down on putting. He was a hard, mm. he was a hard man to rate. In the end, I've, I've landed right on three for putting. Um, he, he, he can putt, he's better, definitely better than 2.5, but... Um, I, I've seen the man air ball and I don't know if he's like got a disservice because I've probably played the most rounds I've ever played with anyone's probably been with Hardy. So of course I've got a large like data size. Um, I've landed on three. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I, uh, I'm a little bit higher. I'm giving him a three and a half. I reckon that ever since nationals, when he switched to the new putter, um, he's a little, he's a tiny bit better. Uh, when he went with the, What's the Nico LaCastro special? Yeah, good. I knew you were going to say that. Um, Lone Star. <laughs> Lone, Star. Lone Star, yeah. Yes. So he switched to the Lone Star disc, and I reckon he's gotten a little bit better. So uh, I'm going to go three and a half. And, uh, yeah, the way things work here is 
player advantage goes to the player, so he's getting a three and a half. He is, he is, and I, I I'm happy with that because I I wanted to wheel in his like wizard approaches, but uh, into his putting, but I couldn't really do it. He doesn't really do cheeky throw ins nah, that yeah. often like your dad, but uh, three and a half fits. Cool, sounds good. Uh, what's our next one? Mental game. Mental game. Uh, I reckon pretty strong. I, I've played uh, a few tournaments with him where he's come from behind for the win. He's a pretty even-keeled bloke, uh, I think. Doesn't really get on tilt or off. Um, yeah, I can't remember seeing him really squander, like, mess anything up. So I'm going to go four. I love that. I love that. All right. So I nearly went four. I also nearly went four for mental game. But in the end, I went two. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, but I honestly, I was between two yes, or four. Please. Three, was, three wasn't even an option. It was either going to be a two or a four. And the, I had to go two because I just can't shake that conversation we had uh, heading back from last year's nationals where he, <laughs> did, he, did, he didn't have the greatest nationals and he just looked us all dead in the eye and just said, you know what, boys, I'm just going to hang up the frisbees for a little while. Um, and I just thought it was defeated. And I, I just I thought that was a two. Um, you've gone four, so that puts him right in the middle. He's he's a three for mental game. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite Hardy moments. He's <laughs> yeah. gonna hang up the bag for a while, boys, and then just goes to win a few MA1 tournaments, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's at Worlds. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, so good. Um, nice. Hard vibes. Uh, I yeah, easy one for me. I had to go high. Um. Legend of a bloke, and as you just see from our chats um, and some of the social media comments as well, he's not on social, so he doesn't really get tagged. But if you do read some of the people's long spiels out there, if you go read any comments, you're not going to find a bad word about this bloke. He he's a genuinely one of the better blokes getting around. Uh, and for me, card vibes, he got a four. Four, yeah, nice. I I, I went even a little bit higher. I love playing around with. Uh with Hardy. So I, I, I went the full five. Beautiful. So, uh, we'll, we'll split the difference. Benefit of the player. Benefit yeah, of the player but, goes up. Yeah, for sure. So oh. four and a half for him. Shit. He's doing well here. I'm, I'm nah, thinking, no. I, I might have to bring down my world's performance rating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's a bit of a different one. Cause we normally rate this out of like, uh, people in Melbourne, uh, and there's not really people from Melbourne that went to world. So, we kind of have to rate him against the field, yeah? Yes, correct. Um, so, oh, I'm taking a reasonably mathematical approach at this. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, what, there was 350-odd people? Correct. Is that what we said? Yeah. And he came 300-odd? 280th-ish, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of a percentage, what is that? Uh, like, be, be, be the fifth of them? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a two. Cool. That's exactly what I had. I feel pretty generous at a two. But a yeah, two. two is a generous. I, I had him a two. The reason he got a two for me, it felt like a one, but um, it he's it, just his check-ins and his demeanor and his approach to it um, and his mindset towards the performance um, and just being like completely like playing on, you know, un, the world's hardest course. He played on Northwood Black. Um, yeah, I, I rounded up for him and I gave him a two. Nah, it sounds good. I, I do like that. I've never played a good round ever at Inverley, ever. 
and yeah. Northwoods Inverley on steroids. So, I um, how, yeah, how could how could I give him any shit for not playing a good round there? All right. Well, uh, some quick maths tells me that that uh, seven ten that makes him equal leaderboard topper with your dad at sixteen point five. There you go. Bang. 16.5. I didn't know Jeff had the point five. Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Nice. All right, cool. Spicy one there. Hardy takes uh, equal leap. Well done. Fitting, fitting. Beautiful. Uh, and one bit of exciting news we'd like to share with everyone. We finally came up with uh, a second debate topic. Yes, we did. So we'll have to uh, put our arguments together and... Uh, let each other know when we can actually go ahead and, and record that. So feel free for anyone listening to hit us up with advice or topics or tips that you think might help either Chris or myself. But what are we going with, Chris? Uh, so we're going with uh, whether or not, and word this properly for me, but whether or okay, not there's well, room on us. Oh, you got to read yeah. down? Go for it. Uh, is there any place... Uh, for three rounds in two-day tournaments. Beautiful. Is that how you... Uh, That's how I was going yeah, to say. Is there room on the Australian circuit for such events? Yeah, three rounds in two days. So, yeah. um, uh, seeing as I won the debate last time by a fucking landslide, I'm pretty sure. Don't look into it, but I'm pretty sure it's like <laughs> a lot. Um, uh, you got to choose which side of the argument you would like. So which one did you take? I can't remember what I said, but what I'm going to say, <laughs> what I'm going to say on the spot now is I was going to argue for having them. Okay. Yeah. That's what you took as last time as well. You Beautiful. took the affirmative. Beautiful. So uh, the affirmative. I'll be taking the negative. Wicked. So before I do get to uh, get into why they're terrible and don't have any place on the circuit, <laughs> before I convince you all of that, uh, I would just like everyone to go right now and sign up for the uh, tournament in Bendigo. What are we calling that one again? The Quarry Hill something. Central uh, Classic? Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Which is three rounds over two days <laughs> Yes, in correct. Bendigo. And I find it outrageous that there's only uh, 29 people signed up. <laughs> Central Vic Classic at Quarry Hill. It's the... Second or third stop on the Vic tour. Uh, and there's 29 people there at the moment. Sign up. It's crazy. The course is so much fun. Um, cool. But yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that sometime soon. So uh, yeah, if anyone has some good arguments uh, as to why those tournaments shouldn't exist, then uh, let me know. And feel free to let Chris know why you think that they're great. Please do. Whew, all right, we've uh, made it to spotlight, not light. Have you? Uh, you got something good for us? Uh, I do, I do. I was trying to bring up the actual data for my not light, but I'll uh, I'll just make it up and say it confidently. Um, <laughs> I will give you time if you want. I can go if you're looking for it. No, no, I don't, I don't think it's findable. I don't know how you. Oh, dis yeah. I think you describe like it exists and then it doesn't exist anymore, and it just like rolls over to the next event. Yeah. Okay. Um. But that's all right. Um, you can definitely get us started, though, um, and I will go digging. Uh, well, I'll go with the uh, the spotlight. Please um, do. Oh, I had it up here, but it says the event has been 
deleted. So that's not a great uh, start for me. But uh, my spotlight was around the Melton Madness. So just the day itself was a lot of fun. I went out there on the weekend, my first time playing the course. And uh, yeah, a bunch of people that I hadn't really met before, but uh, they were all really nice and friendly and were just loving it being out there playing disc golf. Uh, I had Penn on my card. He was uh, showing me the the lines, and he played really well. I think he had the hot score of the day. Um, and Riley Maple on my card, he shot a PB, which uh, I almost ruined for him, I think. <laughs> we got to the 18th, and I was like, oh, you're still on track for your PB? Penn's <laughs> like, Penn's like, I wasn't going to say shit. <laughs> uh, but he clutched up. He got the par that he needed on the 18th hole, so new PB for him. Uh, I think a few people had some PBs, but uh, Matt, uh, Matt Daniels, pretty sure it is. Yep. He uh, shot like neg seven, something like that, neg six, killed it. I had a neg two. I was terrible. I, I couldn't putt, but he killed it. So, um, yeah, spotlight on the, the Melton scene, my first experience there, but uh, mostly shining on Matt for getting it done. Huge. Hot round by him. Awesome. Uh, that was one of my honourable mentions. One of my honourable mentions was Penn um, and just the general Melton crew for just the work they've been doing to just get that scene going and those pop-up events they've been running is huge and there's talk of maybe future social days there and uh, it's fitting because they've put in a lot of legwork. Um, obviously, kudos has to go to Tony um, for kind of getting the course installed in the first place. But the way Pan and Aaron and a few of the other guys have ran with it is just uh, being huge. Uh, my other honourable mention goes to, um, it came in from a listener, uh, from none other than Matt Buckets13 himself, um, painted tea pads. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever played, um, I'm going to say Cadigan up in Queensland, but they don't have tea signs. But instead, they've just written like par one, 300, uh, 100 meters on the actual pad itself. And it takes up like the entire pad. Uh, oh. Yeah. And I think that's cool use of like the tea pad. Like, why not? Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. So I'll, ch- I'll chuck a picture up on our socials. So that's pretty cool. Um, but no, my actual spotlight, um, we've done the reverse of this a couple of times where you've been spotlighted and then followed up by being not lighted. You alluded to it before, but Oscar Pickles Felberg, he's minus 11 at Heath Dale, uh, was a huge not light bounce back and he is my spotlight for the week. Yeah, I love that. Good on you. Well done, Pickles. Nice. What's the pickles? <laughs> Have you never had Felberg pickles? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this now. He's had them as a prize for some of his uh, tournaments he's ran to, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so my not light. Uh, I'm going after the tee-off. Oh, so, bang! Yeah, I'm an avid tee-off listener. I listen to all their stuff every month or so when they put it out. And um, I, I'm normally very impressed with their setup, they're very professional. The audio is fantastic. The studio is just great. They, they got us covered in audio hands down. Nothing we can do about that. <laughs> and we do cop a bit of shade from them uh, for our audio, especially some of our early episodes where we've just sort of done the old phone call and recorded setup. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm listening to their most recent episode, and they've got a couple people that they're talking to overseas, <laughs> it sounds trash. 
they've clearly just gone the old phone call speaker and record it set up. And normally I wouldn't care, but after they've given us a whack, whack back. <laughs> so <laughs> we've actually had a couple of nice little interviews with some people overseas and uh, I think they sounded pretty great. I think so they did too. Maybe the tee off needs to come to us for our uh, for our audio setup when they're trying to get the overseas guests, eh? Ah, uh, the inside scoop on how to do that. Maybe. So, uh, yeah, I've gone and not light to the tee off audio. Raise your game, boys. All right. Um, all right. My honorable, my not light honorable mention has to go to a good friend of the show, good friend of the show, Elias Lukanen. Um, I'm, I'm mainly not lighting him because I want him to bounce back and I want him to have a good event. He, <laughs> he, he put it out there that, you know, he'd won two Euro Tours and Paul had only won one. Well, no longer is that true. It is two all. And uh, I'm rooting for Elias. So my way for rooting for Elias is I'm giving him an honourable mention, not like, uh, <laughs> hoping he comes back and uh, gets back on, uh, gets another W under his belt. Why uh, some of the Americans are on scene. Good luck. But while we're going after big dogs, my, my not like... Um, I nearly went for Calvin, who, no word of a lie, went 50% C1 putting in the final round um, at the preserve, but I couldn't because he went over 80% for the event. I went a little deeper, and I have to go after probably one of our listeners' favourites, I've got no doubt, oh, Jer- no. Jeremy Colling. Jeremy Colling. What's Coling, he done? Oh, he's, done what, what, he's done nothing. That's what he's done. <laughs> He has missed cash four events in a row. Oof. Four events in a row. He, for the event at the preserve, went 52% from C1. Yikes. Yikes. 118th. Um, and that's uh, that's just not getting it done. Um, and, yeah, so four missed caches in a row. Um, 52% from C1 is gross. Um, yeah, not like Jeremy Colling. Nice. No, I like that. Yeah, Calvin's insane. Like, I don't understand how you, how do you miss all of your putts and still finish fourth? Like second, on. finish second. Did he? Oh, there you go. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I tipped him. I still, I, I tipped him. Still got two points for him. But um, wild. Yeah, I just still felt salty because he missed all of these putts. Hmm. <laughs> no good. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, that's, uh, another pod. We probably should have touched on the Queensland Open, but we didn't. (laughs) This is already a big pod. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, there's a million Melbournians up there, so we'll we'll have a good chat about that, um, next week. Next week when we hear about all our W's, no doubt. Love that. Cool. All right. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for listening. Smash it. Peace out. I'm Jay Yeti Redding, and you're listening to the Rollers Podcast.